and welcome to another edition of Batman, the animated series podcast. I'm your host, Alex Robson, and with me, as always, is my co-host, my brother, comic book artist and lighter, and the guy who's also addicted to face cream. It's Mr. Will Robson. Say hello, Will. My wife would say otherwise. I, I need to use my face cream more. Oh, I thought you said that you've become an addict ever since you realized our dad's skin, his treatment is like top notch. So you've been applying cream like... Like Matt Hagen does, where he's just like lathering it on. He's like, I need it no, for my, my face. I moisturize more in the winter because in the summer I just like sweat it off and it gets in my eyes and I get all angry and grumpy. And, and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. But then when I stop doing it, I can see the aging coming in. I'm like, I must moisturize. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Does Clayface like get clumps of clay in his eyes all the time? And like his, you know, just constantly is like clay. into his... Yeah, I guess so, yeah, because there's not, like, two eyeballs. His name is Clayface! <laughs> He's got a face made of clay. That's true. That's a very good point. I use the same moisturizer that you... Oh, no, I don't use your one. No, I use a different one, because your one was blocking my pores and giving me acne. I am acne face! <laughs> <laughs> I, like, find you in the car, like, it's a melted acne blob, and you're like... <laughs> so I'm like, I, so you? <laughs> I apply many creams in my fucking life because I have so many different skin problems. <laughs> you are a Batman villain. This is how a Batman villain is created. I literally, <laughs> yeah. If look, if a if a company discovered a cream that could get rid of psoriasis and dandruff in one go, I probably would start doing criminal work for them. <laughs> just so you can get a taste of that sweet cream. So I could just have a normal looking elbow for once. I hope someone's enjoying their breakfast while listening to this. Recently, my psoriasis has combined and and calciumized into one giant island, as my wife calls it. (laughs) What'd she call it? Just like skin island? And then I gross her out because I put the cream on and I scratch it off. And it comes off like little snowflakes. I say, would you like some salt on your meal? And I put my... Oh, that's too far. That's too far. Anyway, welcome <sighs> to the show. Welcome to the show. If you've never listened, I'm so sorry. This is the first episode you're listening to. How's the art life? Um, drawing Howard the Duck over at Marvel. That's kind of taken uh, the main reins because i got to get it done for the deadline, which is which is cool. I mean... I'm drawing like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. So I've been posting some of that stuff online. But besides that, I've got my next Kickstarter coming on Friday. Oh my God, it's coming up. It's coming up. That's right. Um, for, anyone that, for anyone that doesn't know what the Kickstarter is about, why don't you give them a brief little elevator pitch? You're in the elevator together and you're like, hey, do you like zombies? I got the story for you. Listen up. Okay, it's basically Black Mirror meets The Walking Dead, where Black Mirror deals with a bunch of different stories that all revolve around technology. We do the same thing, but all revolve around the undead. So it's a bunch of short stories, like an anthology series, a bit like Creepshow as well, because we have a host who's called the Maitre Z, who runs a movie theater in the zombie apocalypse, and you're all invited to to enjoy all the little zombie stories that he is showing. So it's a a lot of fun. Lots of different stuff going on, and I'm, we're bringing issue two on Friday. But if you're a first-time reader or interested in the project, don't worry. I'm launching issue one alongside with it, so you can get all caught up. And this is my passion project. I don't make any money off of this project. All the money that goes into this goes right back into the book. I don't even pay myself to write and draw the bloody thing. I'm doing it all in my spare time because I just love it so much. So if you ever 
Have I ever tickled your funny bone on this podcast or made you smile? You owe me money for it. So <laughs> go to my Kickstarter. Uh, you, the pre-launch page is live now. You can sign up, which and it will notify you upon launch. And yeah, Friday we're going live. I need to raise £3,500 to be able to print, get it colored, and ship it. And that's all I need. So it's not that much. So help help a buddy out. Yeah, exactly. And when you say it's a passion project, that it, it, I really do see that in the work from the stories you've been crafting, from the people that you've been bringing on board to either do some like alt covers or, you know, to do the interior art of the book. All sorts of amazing work that's gone into this. Lots of passion, even down to creating emojis that you have geniusly named, and I couldn't believe I didn't know this until recently, Emozies. And that's I was right. like, that's such a great, fun little thing to do. So there's loads of cool little extra giveaways and things that you can get with, uh, depending on what, obviously what tier you you can, what's yeah. it, pledge? Yeah, you can pledge. Pledge level, yeah. So I'm doing yeah. stickers, which is pretty much what everyone does. Uh, I'm doing trading cards, but it's a trading card game, fully playable. You know, it's like playing Pokemon back in the day or Magic the Gathering. It's one of those. And I'm even doing booster packs this time around. So you remember when you were a kid and you used to go buy like a basketball booster pack or a Pokemon booster pack where it came with 10 cards and came in a little plastic? I recently went to McDonald's and they had Pokemon and Happy Meals. So I bought a Happy Meal and I opened a booster pack and I was brought back to my childhood and it was great. And let me, let me teleport you back to your childhood while opening a booster pack with my money. Imagine outbreaks get so big that it becomes its own little Happy Meal and the burgers are, the burger buns are dyed green. So they yes, look I'm like sure zombies. I don't think it's uh, a kid's property. McDonald's worthy. <laughs> oh, it's McDonald's worthy. I just don't think it's, uh, aimed for children no that's fair dues but yeah go check it out right now where can they find it bud they can find it by uh clicking on the link that's provided in this podcast in the description uh you can head to speechcomics.com where you can read a chapter of the backup story written and drawn by me absolutely for free called dead eye dick so you could even see if you are even interested in purchasing this book and you can just go to, on my socials anywhere at Robson I-N-K, and that's R-O-B-S-O-N-I-N-K. And you can see me posting about it all the time. Yep, so go check all of those out right now. And also, whilst you're on YouTube, go check out at Batman TAS Pod. Check out all of our full video reviews. Currently, there are two up right now. We've done Heart of Ice, and we've done just recently Beware the Grey Ghost. Basically, what we've done is we've taken segments of our reviews, and I've always done this on social media where I do like a quick 30-second clip, dubbing the animated series over it. They've done really well on TikTok and on Instagram and such and YouTube shorts, and everyone's always gone, can we please have a full-length review? I'd love to see it. So I've done two now, but go check that out. Please like that video. Helps it out a lot. Subscribe if you can. Greatly appreciate it, and there'll be more coming in the future. All right, buddy. Well, before we get into our usual casting call segment of this show and then get on with our review, I will briefly say and mention that, sadly, Arlene Sorkin, the voice of Harley Quinn, just recently passed away quite young, a lot like Kevin Conroy, actually. Yeah, very sad to see that. uh, Quite random and, and shocking. But the one thing that I have noticed is just the outpour of people 
who recognize her as the icon that she was for Harley Quinn, right? Like she was the first person to give character and voice to that, that character created by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. And, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's been an amazing outpour of love that I've seen on social media and lots of people sharing their favorite Harley Quinn lines. Lots that I forgot where it's like, um, jokes on you. I'm not even a real blonde. And like, just, <laughs> I can't wait to get, uh, of Harley's attitude in all of these episodes to come because she's such a great character. And obviously this is the first time she's ever appeared in this, in this show. And they really do craft a, a, an iconic character that's now in movies and TV shows and, and everywhere around the world. So yeah. So very sad to hear that. What are some of your favorite Harley moments that you're looking forward to getting to when we get to those episodes well i mean the voice is so iconic she's so charming in her voice and i just like her just general silliness really yeah and it's like the pin-up girl type of era you know like the 40s type of era her voice uh yeah i think her character is amazing i'm I'm, like even i saw clips of in the man who killed batman where she's playing the kazoo when the Mm. uh the 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 coffin there we go i couldn't remember the word for coffin when it was going the coffin was going into the acid and uh yeah that was just that was so funny to me it was it was so well done and apparently that was her playing the kazoo in the recording booth oh really so yeah i remember the uh like don't you want to rev up your harley in the the joker's um what's it called in mad love mad love yeah yeah, that's a great, that's a great line. There's so many good lines, so many that and just oh. B-Man. Like, I always think about, like, Harley when I think of B-Man. Yeah, and, like, and creating Mr. J, which is now, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's what Harley calls Joker in every iteration. I mean, there's a Harley Quinn cartoon show. There's been movies, you know, it's just crazy. I don't crazy, think it? the character would have been as popular without her as the voice actress. Definitely not. No. And she, she, yeah, she gave that character so much depth. And I recently posted the, the most serious and the most heartfelt, um, scene I think, um, Arlene Sorkin as Holly ever did, which is in Mad Love, where she's telling Batman her plan, like, I'm, you know, the, you're upside down, so the piranhas look like they're smiling. And she comes closer than the Joker ever has mm-hmm. to killing Batman. And then, the only way that Batman knows to, to basically psych her out is to let her know that like, you're, you're a, you little, the way Conroy goes, you little fool. And he just like, he's like, he's been playing you from the start. And you know, she goes, what's that story he once told that psychiatrist? It was when, you know, his father took him to, uh, I don't know, like the water park. And she's like, he said it was the circus. And then she gets like teary eyed and she's like, no, he does love me. And she's just like so blinded by like how he's completely manipulated her and it's an amazing scene and she does an incredible job so yeah i post that on our socials because i think that's some of the best voice acting of the entire show in that scene yeah so, yeah yeah so sad to uh, to see arlene sorkin go for sure but we also have some amazing work and she left behind a legendary character that she helped create so that is something that's always positive to look at absolutely all right, let's do our casting call where we cast someone that we come across for the first time in this show in our live-action, fan-casted, animated series universe. Who will they cast in this part? 
Okay, bud, we're going to cast Matt Hagen, Clayface, today. Now, I know we didn't see a lot of Clayface in this episode, but we saw more of Matt Hagen, and I thought it's probably best we cast that person now. Obviously, their voice is going to end up going into some sort of CG character in our fan-casted universe that we're creating here. But they will start out as a as a man. So who did you who did you think would be good to be playing Matt Hagen and of course then the voice of Clayface once he becomes Clayface? Someone who can portray anger issues very well and a short fuse. Yep. Um uh someone that seems like they could be a bit desperate, you know, dependent on essentially an addict for something. Yes. Um and I have to say, I'm not super impressed by my casting choice, so I'm looking forward to hearing yours, but uh, I chose John Berthnall as my choice because I'm just thinking of him with his short fuse in The Walking Dead and his desperation in The Walking Dead to try and control things. And Ooh, and, and like even, even in um, uh, that, he's become a meme now um, from The Punisher when, he, when he's tied up and he goes, no, 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 no. no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty. I can see him and doing I, that when the stuff's poured down the sink. Yes, and, and then uh, you know he's got a great voice as well. So when he turns into Clayface, I can hear John Berthold's voice as Clayface. So that's my choice, buddy. That's a very good choice. I don't know why you said you you weren't feeling it. Um, I I I'm strongly. I can see John Berthnall as Clayface and as Matt Hagen. That's a really good choice. I told over this for a very long time because I wanted to find someone with movie star quality, like as a handsome person that would get to play a monster essentially as well. But the problem that I kept on finding is even though I found people that were like movie star quality, handsome, good actor you know they essentially i started looking at method actors because matt hagan is a method actor he's a man of million faces you know he's master of disguise and stuff that they call him like he sinks into his roles so i started with like johnny depp but i was like nah that wouldn't really work and then a lot of method actors are too old that i was looking at and you've got to find someone that's the right age um, I looked at Ryan Gosling for a little bit. He was my choice, but I didn't think he would have the voice to play Clayface. But he's played an addict in a film. I've never seen it, but it was a film that um, I found on IMDb. Uh, and then I was looking at other actors. The guy from uh, Mindhunter, I, I think his name is... I can't remember his name now. Oh, that's so annoying because I've erased all of these. I should have kept He's also in down. The, the Disney film Frozen. He's also in the Disney film Frozen, which you recently watched. <laughs> we'll talk about saw that for the first time. But okay, yeah, I think, I think I, where I ended up is I really wanted someone movie star quality, good actor, can easily get angry, and I've seen him get angry. But I wanted the voice because that's what's going to carry through. Like Ron Perlman's voice is incredible as mm. Clayface, as we get to see it more. So I landed. Uh, because of Smaug the Dragon, I landed on Benedict Cumberbatch, who I think would sound amazing as Clayface. Um, he's a movie star. He's a very good actor. I can see him playing angry and desperate with his with the addiction. Um, and I think he would have a very great Clayface voice. But equally, what I've just said about that, I feel about John Berthnall when you've when you've just pitched that to me. And I can see John Berthnall being more of a Matt Hagen actor with like the yeah, jet I feel like, black hair. I feel like um, 
what's his name? But then he comes back, comes across too intelligent to be Clayface. Because Clayface is a bit of a yes, bit of a, an idiot, really. Yeah, he's a, he's just like he's he's a very good actor that probably got a few roles, got lucky, made his millions, and then has continued on that. But yeah, he's not a very smart man, and he's easily manipulated, obviously, and he's got this addiction. Yeah, I'm gonna have. I, I will happily say John Berthnall was a very good choice for Clayface. So I think that's the that's the right one for us for our fan cast. Great. Well, I pulled that out of my ass minutes before we started, so that's fantastic. <laughs> no, you're, you're like, hang on, I'm in cast, and you were like on your computer for five minutes or whatever, and you're like, good. That was very good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Great. John Berthnall it is. So, um, if you guys think there's someone better or etc., you can reach us at Batman TAS Pod on socials or emails. And if you disagree, be nice about your disagreement. I've had a lot of people kind of like take this like this is actually going to happen in the real world, and it's not. It's just our own little fan. Nah, be mean. Universe. Be really mean to my brother. It's very fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> All right. Let's review Feet of Clay Part One. This episode is titled Feet of Clay Part 1. It came out on September 8th, 1992, directed by Dick Sebast, story by Michael Reeves, Martin Pascal, and Marv Wolfman. And it was written by Marv Wolfman as well. And animation by Acom Productions. We got another Acom episode. It's featuring Kevin Conroy as Batman and Bruce Wayne, Efren Zimbalist Jr. as Alfred, Ed Asner as Roland Daggett, Ed Begley Jr. as Germs, Marie or Mary Devon as Summer Gleason, Dick Gautier as Teddy, Brock Peters as Lucius Fox, Scott Valentine as Raymond Bell, and Ron Perlman as Matt Hagen and Clayface. I knew that was Ed Asner. Like, I was like, that's gotta be Ed Asner, right? Oh, yeah, it's total JJ, yeah. you know, and, and Elf and such. So we got honorable mentions here. We got director Dick Sebast has been credited previously on this podcast in the Cat and the Claw Part 2 episode. So go back to listen to his creds there. We've also got story writers Michael Reeves and Martin Pascal have also been credited on this podcast already. Michael Reeves for Pretty Poison and Martin Pascal for See No Evil. Marv Wolfman, who wrote both part one and part two of these Clayface episodes, is also known for being the co-creator of so many comic book characters, way too many to list them all, but to name a few, he co-created Cyborg, Raven, Nova, The Black Cat, Deathstroke, Bullseye, Blade, Tim Drake, The Teen Titans, and Nightwing. I've never heard of any of those characters. Um, <laughs> good job, Mark Wolfman. Yeah, way to go. Making why would you make a wolf character with your name being Wolfman? Well, why would you create someone like Batman? Huh? <laughs> Can Damn, you list dude. all the characters that I've created for the Marvel and DC universe? Is this a quiz for me right yeah. now? Ah, oh, do you know what, dude? I mean, you've recreated looks of some of the characters, like the Great Lakes Avengers. Well, haven't you but i have you... created characters for the marvel was there a guy universe? with like drills for hands pitchforks pitchforks for hands mm-hmm. see i remember that one it's the most random thing i think that's where my knowledge of your creations end i created the red bomber for the batman universe oh yeah famous character famous character that's going to appear any day now in a movie 
I created a character I forgot the name of in the Great Lakes Avengers that was the villain with the devil mask. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. That's right. Musical villain. Yeah. Uh, Pitchfork Monster, I think his name was. I also created him. Wasn't he called like uh, Fork Hands or something? Yeah, get forked. He said a lot of like, forky puns. Yeah, yeah. Holy forking shit. Something like that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. They allowed shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else? Uh, I created. Um, oh, Union Quack, I created. That's cool. Which That's is, a good one. Uh, the Union Jack Spider Ham version. Yep. And plenty more, you know? So, Marv Wolfman, who are you compared to Will Robson and his amazing creations? Yeah, my characters are on po- like posters in children's bedrooms, all right? And action yeah. figures made and, and people dress up. Like, Do you know how many people come to my booth at Comic-Con dressed as Pitchfork Monster? Which I don't even know sure if that's the name of the character. <laughs> <or not. laughs> do you? That's amazing. Someone came up and they're like, I'm Pitchfork Man. You're like, that's not his name. Look, I've done a lot. I'm very famous and I create great stuff. Yeah, Marvel Wolfman should be coming to you for ideas. He really should. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, also, he wrote the Menace of Mysterio episode for Spider-Man, the animated series, plus episodes of Transformers, G.I. Joe, Robocop, Reboot, and loads more. Look, I'm tired of hearing this guy's crap resume, all right? Just so anyone doesn't realize, he is basically This is a joke. <laughs> He's an amazing creator. I mean, Nightwing, that's an, that's amazing as well. Yeah, like one, one of my a, favorite characters. A, yeah. Uh, actor creds here we got brock peters as lucius fox who's been credited previously on this podcast in the episode review of see no evil then we got ed asner who plays roland daggett he's also asner. known as the voice i hardly what ah, we know. <laughs> ed asner who plays roland daggett is also known as the voice of j jonah jameson on spider-man the animated series johnny's stepdad in cobra kai carl Fredrickson in up and santa in elf so yeah some great it's stuff not there. free candy and he sadly passed away a few years ago but he's yeah he's a great he's got an amazing voice so yeah i really enjoyed hearing him in this episode probably then one of got... my favorite voices ever like voice acting it's very distinct, isn't it? Yeah, love the tones, the way he like just like when he goes, oh yeah, yeah like the. It's yeah. I, what, what, I don't even know what it reminds me of, like that type of tone, because it's almost like I don't know. It's like a, it's like steel, like on steel. You know, it's like metal, but it's not rusty. It's just like it's just hard, and you're like that. That's that's a man, right? That's there. a man. You know what yeah, I, mean? I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. It's the same as um one of Bill Murray's brothers who plays uh. He's in Christmas Vacation as the boss, and he's also in one of the Wayne's worlds. It's fun. It's hip. It's Noah's Arcade. That guy. (laughs) He also has a great speaking voice. (laughs) That was very good. I love that. That's a great line for me to exactly know who you're talking about. Um, Yeah, he does have a great speaking voice. I did not know he was one of Bill Murray's brothers. I think you told me that, and I forgot about that fact already. I remember saying to my wife, don't you think that that guy looks a bit like Bill Murray? And she was like, no. And then I remember years later, I found out, I was like, it's actually Bill Murray's brother. And I told her the story, like, see? And she's like, I don't remember that conversation at all. I'm yeah. like, ah! <laughs> It just drove me nuts. And then there was also another guy on Mad Men, I was like, he looks a bit like Bill Murray's brother. And I looked it up, and he was Bill Murray's brother. How many brothers does this guy have? He's got like five. Wow. And they're all acting? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. 
And he's just at the tippy top. Like, <laughs> you don't even have the right to use Murray as your surname. They use Murray as their surnames. Do they? I was going to yeah. I was wondering if that was his real name or if it was like his stage name. Because sometimes you don't know people are related because one uses their real surname and other people use a stage name. You know what? So. I'm not 100% sure. So. There we go. <laughs> All right. And we'll never know. Moving on. Okay. We got Ed Begley Jr. here also who plays Germs. Ed Begley Jr. is known for playing Charlie Collins in the episode Joker's Favor, which we'll get to. So the guy that, you know, he will see him in part two, but he opened the door with the uh, handkerchief. Did you see that? He works for Roland Daggett. The little mustache. The little mustache guy. Uh, He's also known for playing Fred Stickley in Batman Forever. Back to work, Edward. He's that guy that gets pushed off into the waterfall. Uh, he also plays Hiram Gunderson in Six Feet Under. I put that in there because you have seen that show, so I don't know if that rings a bell. Hiram Gunderson. He was in a few episodes. He's also Robert in Pineapple Express. He's Clifford Maine in Better Call Saul. He's Aaron's biological father in The Office. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Yep. And he's also Dr. Winokur in Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. He's in the accidental text and the ugly section episodes. Cause you're always like, what episodes of Curb? But there we go. Uh, yeah. So he plays Germs and will also play Charlie Collins in Joker's Favor when we get to it. Then we've got Dick Gautier, who plays Teddy. He's also known as the voice of Rodimus Prime in Transformers. Serpenter who the hell is Rodimus Prime? <laughs> I don't know. It's like it's, it's his brother. <laughs> no one knows. I am Optimus Prime, and this is my brother. I, I am Rodimus Prime. <laughs> I'm Jeff Prime. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can transform into a guy who's looking for a job. <laughs> it just randomly sounds like when they were naming and they're like Optimus Prime. Yeah, that sounds great. Then they had a second kid and they weren't expecting. And they're like ah, Rodimus, whatever. <laughs> like, just, doesn't matter. He's not going to be the cool one. Uh, he also plays Serpentor in GI Joe Action Force, Brimstone in GoBots, and Jaime in the Get Smart TV show in the sixties or seventies, I think. Uh, then we got sixties. Okay. And then finally, we've got Ron Perlman, who plays Clayface and Matt Hagen. Ron Perlman is known for playing Hellboy in the Guillermo del Toro films. He also plays Clay in Sons of Anarchy. I was like, Clay? Clayface? Whoa. And then he also plays Reinhardt in Blade 2. Obviously, he's been in countless other films and TV shows. But for us, those are the ones that like you and me know him for the most. Um, but we all know who he is. He's an amazing actor. I think actor. he's also super known for being like the villain in Afro's samurai right i've never seen that um with sam that's with sam jackson right sam jackson versus ron Pullman. and i know ron Pullman's in a ton of anime as well he's good because when he does that voice right and um, uh again just, i've not seen those either known for tons and tons of stuff i recently saw the movie drive and he was in that as a villain which was very good that's true yeah he was in that movie yeah and he's also in a lot um, of other stuff that's not very good yeah, but he's in, he is yeah. amazing he's in so much stuff he played beast in the beauty and the beast tv show in like the 80s i didn't even know it existed breakout role wasn't it it was yeah um all right so let's get into our utility belt of fun facts here we got the title of this episode is a play on the biblical phrase feet of clay which is in the bible it's spelt f-e-e-t and this is spelt f-e-a-t uh right. as in a play on featuring 
you know, like an actor featuring. Right. Uh, but in the Bible, it's called feet of clay because it's used to indicate a weakness or a hidden flaw in the character of a respected person. So okay. that is Matt Hagen. I thought they were like, all right, we got a an episode here for Mr. Freeze. I know, we'll call it Heart of Ice. Oh, that's great. Love that. All right, what about Clayface? Feet of clay? <laughs> clay feet? <laughs> really? All right, well, we'll put that as a placeholder for now. <laughs> Wait, you released an episode and called it Feet of Clay? <laughs> they start doing that with like all the villains. They're like, the penguin's pointy beak. <laughs> yeah, like, what? <laughs> Mouth of teeth. That could be anybody. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> It's just, just like poison ivy or something. It's just penguin again. <laughs> <laughs> just going down its body. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh. Skin of scales. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, Killer Croc. Yay, well done, buddy. That was, yeah, it's actually, you know what, it's kind of fun. It's like a little, it's like a little uh, I don't thing. think it's that fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the look of the Imperial Pictures lot was designed after the Warner Brothers studio lot in Burbank, California. So I thought, California, California, that it looked very much like the Warner Brothers studio lot, and that's what they were going for. The clay face of the show is a combination of the first two clay faces in the books in that the original clay face was an out of work actor looking for revenge. And like the second, he was named Matt Hagen. So they just kind of combined both of those into one character. When discussing ACOM's involvement in part one of this episode, Bruce Tim recalled this was the first episode done by ACOM's C team of animators, and it really bummed us out when it first came in. That show probably had more retakes than any other episode, nearly completed, redone two or three times before we could actually air it without cringing. So. That looks great, though. I thought it looked good. My only thing that I did pick up is that the animation, the fight scene at the beginning, everyone was super slow in that fight scene and that right. like that tram station or whatever. It seemed like everyone was like walking towards each other, like swamp thing or like the creature from the black lagoon. They were all kind of like awkwardly. There's even a moment where Batman gets leg tripped by germs because he like fakes him out. And then Batman just lays there and like kind of like rests and looks at him for a while. And I'm like, get up. <laughs> like he's just like, I can't believe that just fucking happened. <laughs> um, some more facts here. According to director Kevin Ortieri, who directed part two of Clayface or Feet of Clay, Matt Hagen and Teddy were in a relationship. And I think that's, that's fairly obvious by watching yeah. the episode, but. Um, the nineties were a different time, man. And cartoons, they weren't going to obviously put that in. Like they would probably put it in today, but I think that's pretty cool that they did that, you know, and that, that works because you can, then you understand more why Teddy cares about Matt and his, you know, his addiction and wanting to help him and stuff because he's in love with him or he's in a relationship with him. This two-parter is similar to the Two-Face two-parter, being that in this part one, the story is focused around a public figure with a troubling secret. Before his transformation, the main villain's secret is known by a powerful criminal who could easily destroy him. And part one ends with the main villain looking into a mirror and screaming in horror upon seeing what he has become. Clayface, Two-Face, both similar? Both in both. sounding of names? <laughs> both faces? 
<laughs> Taking the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> both faces? <laughs> they both have faces, yes. <laughs> when speaking on this episode's score, Shirley Walker would say, it was a demanding score. Story-wise, there was so much going on. I was so proud of it that I submitted it for Emmy consideration, and that's the one I got a nomination for. Nice. You know what I just thought of, since we were talking about Two-Face? What if someone stuck that clay on Two-Face's burned-up side of face and molded it back into Harvey Dent temporarily for 24 hours? I totally agree. I know that it has an addictive property, which is obviously why it hasn't gone to market. But, I mean, hell, there's been so many addictive properties that, that have just been approved by the FDA and just, like, sent out there. I'm surprised that Roland Daggett even cared about all of this and wasn't just like, I'm going to be a billionaire with this. You know, mm. I've got a product that can fix people's scarred faces or they can mold it into whatever they want to look like. I have like. a giant wiener now. I mean, that'd be the first thing. <laughs> <you'd> say, <right? laughs> yeah, how many people are going to Or women just like enhancing their butts and boobs and stuff. Everyone would just be walking around looking ridiculous. Yeah, it would be endorsed by so many celebrities. Except for fat people. We're like, well, we can't. Clay away the fat. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you already got enough clay on you already. You're like, oh. There'll be some people that are like, oh, look, I'm like fat for the day. It's like, oh, for the day, are we? That's fun. (laughs) That's true. The cream could not do any of that. You couldn't morph abs, could you? You can't move that around. You could. You just have abs on the big fat stomach, which which would be very strange. I guess you could make your, as a man, you could make your muscle, like your arms look more muscly and stuff like that, right? Yeah, you could probably slap on a bunch yeah, of like, and just be like biceps. Oh, and- I've got a big belly because you know I'm I'm a you know a world's strongest man trainer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they've all got quite like bloated stomachs, don't they? Well, yeah, because they eat like lifting eighty thousand calories a day. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I totally agree. Like, Two-Face could have used that to, to go back to Harvey Dent. Well, there's um, that great, um, there's a mini comic that, um, Bruce Tim made where he gets his face surgically fixed and in the end, uh, he recreates it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. He actually, he's being manipulated or he falls in love with a girl that's a twin. And yeah. I think one of the twins die and the other one, like, loves him, but he doesn't love her. Kind of like Sin City with Marv and um, what's her name? Uh, what's the Goldie. character's name? Goldie. She says her name is Goldie. Yeah, the night is hot as hell. It's me every summer night when I'm laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring at a goddess. It's my wife snoring into the pillow. <laughs> she tells me she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, going back to the music, Shirley Walker said it was very demanding, but. She got nominated for an Emmy. I think it's incredible, the music in this episode. Yeah, but you know what's still stuck in my head is that fucking casino song from the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a cruise ship gambling, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was was very good. Break a cruise ship and I'm gambling and having a good time. But yeah, the uh, well, the classic. I'm Clayface. Yeah. I'm Clayface. You started doing that to all of the songs from this, whatever character the music was written for. And whenever I hear the Clayface song, I can't help but sing. I'm Clayface when I hear it. Um, but I also really love. I love the B theme where it's like dun 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 bam 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 bam. I love that kind of like dramatic, like dark score to that. I really like that. 
especially when he became Clayface and he sees himself in the mirror and you hear that. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really good piece of music. So yeah, that leads me to just asking you about this episode as a whole. What did you think of it? I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was, it was a solid super noir vibes, right? Yeah. Big time noir vibes, especially like right, right at the start, you've got Bruce Wayne. I know it's not really Bruce Wayne, but he's in this like fedora and trench coat. And I was like, you look good. You look like film noir detective. Like you're going to start narrating like your every thought. Yeah, absolutely. Us. Except Lucius Fox was kind of blown up his spot. He was like, Bruce, Bruce Wayne! And he was like, mate, I'm obviously in disguise here. <laughs> like, I've got the trench coat and the hat. Like, keep it down. Oh, sorry, Bruce Wayne. Do you? So do you remember any part of this episode? Or were you, did you instantly know that it was not Bruce Wayne? Or did, t- did it take you a little while? Um, I didn't know at first, but it became quite clear when he turned into a villain that it wasn't Bruce Wayne. Yeah, when he's just like, I'm accepting your resignation, Mr. Fox. I don't remember Lucius Fox looking like David Williams from Come Fly With Me. <laughs> but what, when, when I, he's I, doing the flight attendant? Yeah, exactly. The flight yeah. attendant from Come Fly With Me. <laughs> he does kind of look like that, which is terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen Lucius Fox already in See No Evil, but as we know, even though that episode was produced long after this, it had to go in the play of a cancelled episode Mm -hmm. so we've seen him but they obviously this is the first time he's ever been drawn for the show you know timeline wise for the the uh, animators i was like you're Um, not morgan freeman (laughs) no he yeah i i don't know how i feel about the look of lucius in this but uh he's got a strong mustache game going on there was actually there was a lot of strong mustache games going on in this episode did you see those two police officers when they came in to break up the fight one had this thick fucking red mustache that looked like a slug and the other one had this like pencil thin one that was like hanging down and then they like ran up to lucius and he's got a mustache and i was like these are the mustache boys they're like they're, they're think, in it together do you think like everyone's like really impressed with like gordon as the commissioner and they're like oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, i want to be as cool as him or maybe it's like all right everybody it's 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 movember here so you gotta start growing out your tash so the whole police squad starts growing out tash but yeah, they ain't got a strong mustache game like Gordon. As your wife said, Gordon can get it. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, going back to the animation, I felt like the fight scene could have been better. Everyone was a bit sluggish. There was a lot of leg kicking in this episode as well, like baby leg kicking, mm. you know, like I'm a grumpy child and I'm not getting my way. Like the thug hanging from that catwalk when he, I was like, just let go, mate. You're only like six feet above the ground. Or when the two goons were holding down Hagen in the lab, he was kicking his legs like a baby as well, trying to get out. So, yeah, I thought that was just a funny choice. And then later on, we see him again pretending to be Bruce and he's in like a bright blue suit. And I was like, it's very odd seeing Bruce in like something that's not his classic like mustard yellow and brown threads. You know, like I was like, he's in like a like a blue turtleneck and like gray Mm. trousers at the end when he's arrested. And I was like, you look like the dude that helps Tintin or whatever, like Captain Haddock. Like he dresses like that. I think he was wearing that outfit because he was like, obviously like climbing up the side of the the building hospital or stuff like that. So it's just like it's kind of like when he first became Batman, he had like the. Yeah, the jumper and like the balaclava and stuff. Yeah, I think the uh, the blue turtleneck comes back in Perchance to Dream as well. Another one where he's scaling a building. So maybe that is his scaling the building outfit that he only wears when yeah. he's scaling buildings. It's and he's not a lunking top. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I thought Bruce looked good in this episode in different threads. There are all these. So at the beginning, there are all these sharpshooters in the abandoned tram station trying to shoot Lucius, uh, trying to shoot Lucius. And they kept on missing Lucius, and they kept missing. But then one guy shoots two thin bits of rope yeah. holding up a platform sign, and I like can't, manages- I can't hit a, hit a moving target, especially uh, one that's slightly overweight. But two tiny thin little threads <laughs> that fall and land on him at the exact right time. No problem. I've got that all day. <laughs> yeah. That's like, just shoot him. <laughs> like, what? Just shoot the guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, my love that Batman moment for this episode is when one of the sharpshooters hears the police scanner mention their location and they say, let's finish this fast before we have the law on our necks. And then you just hear, too late, dirtbag. Um, like echoing out. And I was like, God, that's just such a great Batman line. Just, uh, I love when Batman calls goons dirtbags. Like, it's such a great sounding insult that's not a swear word. Bag of dirt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, with Teddy and, and Matt, we first meet them in their trailer. What did you think of that whole sequence? Like with Ron Perlman's acting with like his desperation and we get a load of character development very quickly for Matt Hagen in that moment as well. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, everything is established. Their relationships established. I like that he's like, holding out so that he had enough for the day for him and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, which makes me think, like, what, what are you using it multiple times a day then? Like, just like as a quick touch-up so. or something? But he said, yeah. like, oh, it only lasts like 24 hours. Like, that's, I feel like that stuff should last a long time. Yeah, well, I, I guess, like any addict, you start using it and you start using it more habitually throughout, you know, the oh, time. Might because build up a tolerance to it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think it's some of the best acting we've seen in this show yet is is from uh, Ron Perlman in that sequence. I think it was I very agree. good. And especially when he turns on him, like that's such an addict thing. Like this guy is trying, Teddy's trying to help him and he's like, you're just my stand in, you know, like he's just mm. like, you're, he, he kind of tries to take control there. So there's that scene where Hagen runs into the lab and like just dips his hand in that boiling cream and like smears it all over his face. And I was like, how are you not screaming in agony that, that thing was boiling it was bubbling when you grabbed it and the sound effect was so vivid it was like blah, 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 as he like scooped it out i was like ah oh, that's so gross sounds like me after taco bell if you know what i'm saying <laughs> clay face to mud butt <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, poo of clay is the name of my episode <laughs> what did you think of the clay face like transformation scene when they were force feeding him and stuff it's great doing it in the shadow as well yeah yeah i thought that was very clever of this cartoon where they can be graphic more with shadows on the wall than actually show it i like how he's like come on let's go take a little like walk or ride and he's like i know what that means and they like broke out to try and get away i like that because it's not to letting kids know like he's gonna kill them but it's it's just known yes exactly uh, I thought Batman switching out noses and hairlines on a 3D face to find a suspect. I just think it's like it's like us creating characters in a video game. We would do the same thing. And then Batman's like just making up faces and names so he can impress Alfred because an Alfred came in. He's like, that's the guy. And I was like, e- I think you're lying, buddy. Like, nope, <laughs> I, think you just- I got him. <laughs> so i don't think that's him he's got three eyes two noses <laughs> four lips oh i've been doing this for a while <laughs> alfred this is the guy it's just a picture of alfred so that's me yeah you did it case closed uh, what's for dinner 
So I did like how oblivious Batman was, though, to what's going on in Bruce Wayne's life. Like, he didn't even know police had been coming to his door, that Bruce yeah. Wayne's wanted in a crime. Well, it's great. Alfred's it's like, how... my ass. Yeah, Alfred's like, how many times do you want, to... you want me to tell the cops that you're not in? Like, and I was thinking, what excuses did Alfred make up to the cops? Like, he's fishing? He's, uh, he, he's painting, uh, he's skydiving. And then like, he just sees a bat fly by and he's like, he's Batman. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) he shot him because he is Batman. Uh, so I did notice that, uh, what was interesting is everyone had an obsession or like an addiction in this episode. So we obviously had Matt Hagen with the face cream. We had Teddy's obsession was for Matt and helping him get better. We had Bruce obsessed with being Batman that he didn't even know Bruce Wayne was wanted for questioning in a crime. Like he was so absorbed into being Batman. We had germs who's obsessed with being germ free and he's a hypochondriac. We had Raymond Bell who's obsessed with listening to his police scanner mm. on his headphones. And we had Daggett who's obsessed with taking over Wayne Enterprises from inside and stuff and, and being a criminal. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like they all had their own little obsessions. So the theme that, of this episode was uh, addiction? Yes. Yeah. I love how I'm telling you that, and then you turn it around like, I've given you this information. <laughs> That's not what I did at all. I was just, I pointed to you to finish the sentence. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, <laughs> you were like quizzing me. No, but I'm just like, you know, that's that means that's the theme. Yeah, I thought yes. that was very cool. Yeah, I love that. So, Batman using a voice modulator to sound like a female officer on the police scanner. Ah, but I loved this part of the story. I thought it was so cool. I thought it was really cool, but I wonder how often he uses that voice modulator. You know what I mean? Do you think he uses that often? That voice modulator? Do you think he like uses its like prank call way manner to keep Alfred on his toes? I've been catfishing Alfred for years. (laughs) He thinks he's got some lover in Bangladesh that calls him every Thursday night. It's just me. (laughs) Or like he calls and he's like, this is Thomas Wayne. And he's like, oh my God. I know what you've been saying about my wife's cakes. <laughs> and I'm here to say, cut it out. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you think of the Batwing interrogation scene? Great. Loved it a lot. The Batwing yeah. just sounded like a freaking TIE fighter coming down that, that road. This whole thing felt very Hitchcock, just the way it was all filmed, very yes. very cool in the tunnel and, and him picking him up and, and the car going away. Batman definitely took it a step too far, but I love it. He and, really did, yeah. Yeah, he was so offended when the guy fainted. He was like, he fainted? Like, <laughs> yeah, that like, little bitch! This will wake him up. I'm just going to drop him 100 feet into a swimming pool and hope he hits it. I mean, yeah, like... I, I really enjoyed it. I feel like the Batwing changed size a lot. Like, at one point it's in the sky and it's massive, and the next is quite small to obviously fit in the tunnel, but that's animation, that's fine. But the crane, that is specifically designed, I guess, to, like, grab a goon's arm, because the way he, like, took him out the car... And that was so extreme of Batman to but like spear the, same the car. As, same as Batman 89, he had the little scissors to cut the rope of, of the, the That's balloons. That's a good point. Yeah. But that guy's shoulder is definitely dislocated. Like he's being dragged in the air by by his shoulder and his his wrist. Like his wrist is probably going to like snap off. Yeah. And then, yeah, the moment he fates, Batman's just like, nah, that's done with and just tosses him. Like, I don't think he even meant to throw him in that swimming pool. I think that just like, happened to be there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he could have died, but whatever. He died from a fall, not from Batman. Uh, yeah, but it was a great interrogation scene and it was nice to see Batman in an interrogation scene, like a proper one where 
you're like, oh, I can see why the goon would give up information because, yeah, that's extremely scary, especially when he's dragging him over the water and he's, like, making him run on the water. Mm. I was like, Batman, you're having a lot of fun today. <laughs> like, when he when he figured out that Raymond Bell was the one that he needed to go after when he figured out the face, do you think he sat in the cave and he's like, how am I going to interrogate this guy? Well, I could, you know, creep up into me in a room and, like, push him up against a wall and you know, just do the usual thing, or I could take the Batwing, and I could spear his car into the su- the sky, then remove him from his car with my crane, that I don't get to use a lot, and I'm going to drag him around Gotham in the air and across water, until he tells me what I want to do. It's an ex- such an extreme way to interrogate, which was which was great. Oh, great. I think I think maybe as I'm talking about this, you I think you loved this episode a lot more than I did. Like, I really I, liked it. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy it, definitely. I think, um, from memory serves me, I think pot, I think I enjoy part two more, but we'll have to wait till we get to that next week. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good episode. Obviously, um, we've got a lot going on and that's why it's a two-parter. And I felt like when we came back to Clayface at the end, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot that Clayface is in this episode because his, accident happened in the middle of the episode Mm. and then we had like the whole batman uh, interrogation scene and all these other things that happened but what makes this episode better for me is that end scene where teddy discovers matt in the car i think that's shot really well i think it's lit really well especially when he puts his hand on matt and then it's just like this handprint on his shoulder i thought that was really well done matt no (laughs) yeah and he's got this like big slimy chunk of clay with yellow eyes now and like old man smoker's teeth like and he's just looking in the mirror and screaming as it ends so yeah i thought it was i thought it was a good episode um but i'm looking forward to part two because we're gonna see clayface now and like you know and see that villain fully realized which i'm looking forward to all right so that is the end of the episode next week we are going to review feet of clay part two so come back to listen to that but to continue on with this episode we are going to do our first game of the day which is riddle me this william focus 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 but you'll still have to answer the riddle i can't believe it's luck oh darn Now there's a riddle for you. A lucky guess, that's all. Now, now, no sore losers. (laughs) This is a game I play with my brother where I ask him three questions on the episode we just watched to make sure he's paying attention. Feel free to play along at home or in your car or wherever you are. Question one, buddy, are you ready? Yep. Question one, what is Matt Hagen known for in the public eye? He is the man of what? Many faces. Mm, try again. Uh, man you got, of... You got most of it right, it's just it's not many. Men of multiple faces. Mm-mm. Man of the faces. <laughs> it's the man of a million faces. Oh, for Christ's sake, all right. But so, I mean, yeah, close enough. Question two, when Batman is researching the suspect's name on the back computer, he says, I know my fist has landed on that blank once before. Where did he say his fist has landed? Uh, jaw. Correct. And then question three, I found it hard to come up with another question. I was wondering if you noticed this because I thought it was a very funny name. Name the pool hall that Raymond Bell leaves before getting picked up by the Batwing. Did you see it? Fucking no. 
That's all right. I didn't expect you to see it. It's a, it was hard to find questions in this episode that were like, as I said, it's hard to find medium hard questions, not obvious ones. It's called Fat Paulie's Pool. Fat Paulie. All right. <laughs> so that's Fat Paulie's. Would you, would you go to Fat Paulie's and play some pool? My life is Fat Paulie's Pool. <laughs> All right. Well done. You've got like some right. I didn't really keep count, but hey, you did it. Well done. You did the game. Yeah. Two out of three. Yeah, yeah, you got two out of three. Well done. That was pretty good. No, no, I didn't get the first one. So no, I only got one. Okay. Well, <laughs> you put yourself down then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next game is Ace the Bat Sound. This is a game that we play with you, the listener. Each week I'll play a brief music clip from the show and you have to guess who the character is or the title of the episode that the music belongs to. The answer to each clip will be revealed in the following episode. So last week we had this music clip. don't know here's a clue of a voice clip from that episode looks like the fat lady just sung jimmy hey where's the commish he should see this commissioner oh my god <gasps> all right it was a tough one there um it's a very sort of unknown score but it's a good episode the name of the episode is i am the knight where uh commissioner gordon is actually shut down in a shootout with the jazz man and goes to hospital do you remember that episode bud the jazz man yeah the jazz man and he shoots commissioner gordon gordon goes to hospital and like the jazz man is this random episode i remember we watched it once like years ago and you're like, I'm the jazz man, skit scat. And you kept on like doing that type of stuff. So when I think of the jazz man, I think of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with that musical episode with the demon jazz singer. Or there's a Samurai Jack episode that's kind of similar to that as well. But yeah, we'll get to the jazz man. You'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll remember him when we get to I am the. Oh, I'll, I would have quit this podcast by the time we get to the jazz man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And here's the musical clip for next week's episode where you'll have to name the episode that the music is from.
Okay, I'm sure that's probably obvious to quite a few people. Uh, a very early episode, um, but we'll get to that next week with the answer. Okay, it's our next segment of the day. You've got mail. Oh, by the way, this came for you an hour ago by messenger. You've got mail. Thank you, Alfred. All right, well, this is where I take all of your comments from YouTube, emails, all of your reviews, especially if you're reviewing us on Apple Podcast. I'll be able to pull those because you can write in and actually leave a review there. Spotify, I think you can only leave like comments on an episode, but still appreciate all of you guys writing in, whether it's through social media, email, or on our, your podcast platform of choice. This first one is from Coach Dan. He said, just wanted to say that the stars align for me. Started rewatching Batman the Animated Series for the first time since I was a kid. I think I'm the same age as you guys. I'm 33. So he's the same age as you. Are you 33 right now? Yes, you motherfucker. Yeah. Lower your brother's age. <laughs> and I stumbled upon your podcast. Now I'm watching and listening to them in unison. Absolutely brilliant. You guys are doing an amazing job with it. Keep it up. Thanks, Coach Dan. Appreciate that, Coach. What's he, Coach? Don't know. doesn't say. Let us know. Let us know what you again. Yeah. Then we've got Harry Baldock, who's written in before. The Baldock. <laughs> he says, hi, guys. Love the most recent review of Prophecy of Doom, especially the nostalgia at the end and the post credits. God, there's so much stuff from childhood you forget sometimes until someone mentions something and it all just floods back. I went to Leicester recently and went to the Retro Gaming Museum. It's basically Ooh, just cool. a Yeah, I thought you'd like this. It's a collection of retro consoles and PCs where you can pretty much play anything as well as some arcade games, VR from the 90s, and stacks of old games. Literal heaven, he said. He said, question for the pod, perhaps. What do you think Batman would drink if he was in a bar? Like he saved someone from being robbed and they give him a drink on the house. What does he choose? Batman, well, he doesn't drink alcohol. So True, he, he pretends to, yeah. Would he have, like, a fancier Shirley Temple or something like that? Yeah, I mean, that'd be hilarious. Like, uh, or he, like, he doesn't know drinks because he doesn't drink alcohol. So he's like, I'll just have grenadine. <laughs> grenadine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just totally doesn't know how to order and well, he needs Alfred. When he retires, he drinks scotch. So I guess he'd have a, if he was going to drink alcohol, he'd have a nice glasses scotch that's true in the dark night returns yeah he drinks scotch a lot yeah all right then we've got jlva who's written in and said i only recently discovered this series and i love this stuff will robson has been an artist i've followed for a bit and was shocked to find this also great job on the editing meaning our youtube videos um and thanks so much so thanks jlva who's been a follower of yours before he's a follower of this podcast only for a bit though <laughs> Only for a bit, but hey, that's that's something. You know Marv Wolfman. <laughs> Stick around a bit longer. <laughs> then we got an email from listener Rebecca. She says, hello there. I've got loads I'd like hello to ask there. you, but, but priorities. First and foremost, your podcast is always something to enjoy, and I'd like to thank the both of you for dedicating your time and effort towards creating the podcast and sharing it with us all. I just finished the Two-Faced Part 2 review, and I've got to tell you, that Kate Caper scenario with Bane and weightlifting competition had me wheezing. I've learned to sip drinks with caution when listening to you goobers. That's what she's called us. Goobers. Goobers. Secondly, on the subject of this email, have either of you watched the fan film Batman Broken Promise created by Stephen Trumbull Animation? Listening to the Two-Face episode re review reminded me of it, and I must say that if you haven't seen it, then you are missing out. Um, I've not seen that. Have you seen the fan film Batman Broken I, Promise? I've not seen it. I, I put on a Batman fan film, funnily enough, the other night, and it was so bad that 
I'm really put off by Batman fan films currently. Yeah, I Did mean, you see like this? There was like a Michael Keaton in the Bi- Michael Keaton Batman universe with the Batmobile like fan film. No, they I had the ba- see, well, maybe I didn't get that far. Oh, it has the Batmobile in there at one point. It started with two police officers and they just talk for fucking ages like, hey, your wife's got the cancer and I, I, I know you're saving up for it. And he's like, hey, we don't talk about that around here. Well, let's get stick to our work. I've Except not known. The no, acting I I've was not as one. good as I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, she says that it's by Stephen Trumbull Animation. So maybe this is an animated uh, yeah. fan film, which might make it better. Um, but I haven't seen it. But I know what you mean. There's so many fan films on YouTube. And like the only fan film I've ever liked of Batman, it's a live action one, is the one with Predator and Alien and Joker. And it's him in the alleyway. Mm. It's called Batman Early. Dead End. Early Bat in the Sun, right? Was that Bat that in the was Sun? Like, that is Bat in the Sun. It was like 2004 that came out or something think, like that. Yeah, I think I remember us like downloading it for like three days to be able to watch it on our old computer. I saw it for um, the first time. Uh, my first week at uni is when I saw that for the first time. Really? Yeah. I remember watching that in my dorm room. There, there's a new Spider-Man fan film out that's like two hours and 40 minutes long. And What? And it's got like tons of villains and yeah, it's all, I haven't seen it, but I've seen loads of people make fun of it on the internet. I get like uh, the fan film stuff. I get because you're passionate about something and you're obviously not doing it for money. You're doing it because you want to create something and put it out there. But obviously you're putting it out there and because it's live action, especially, and it doesn't look like these movies that have like, you know, a hundred million dollar budgets. It's very easy to look at that through that lens and critique it. And yeah, it's got to, well, I've seen, I, I, one, I've seen one good Spider-Man fan film a while ago where he, it was classic Spider story. He had a birthday cake, right? And then he has to find a bunch of villains. And as he, obviously he's done finding the villains and there was some good, like homemade CGI in there with his webs and stuff like that and chucking cars and things. And at the end of it, his cake was destroyed because he chose to be Spider-Man instead of Peter Parker. And I was like, that's a good little Spider-Man story. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's probably good ones out there. I'm sure that this one that Rebecca's uh, mentioning, Batman Broken Promise, uh, if it's got something that's reminding her of our Two-Face review, I'd be interested to see where the connection is there. So I'll I'll, I'll check it out. I can't say that I'll, I'll watch the whole thing or I'll like it, but I'll check it out. You know, give well, it a go. I will definitely watch it, but then I'll break my promise and never see it ever. <laughs> she says, P.S. My casting choice for the Mad Hatter would have to be Mike Myers, not the serial killer. I'm talking about Austin Powers, baby. Not sure if he'd fit the role so well now as, as at his at his age, but he definitely checks all the boxes for me when he was in his 40s to be the Mad Hatter. I could totally see that if he did it in a more serious way. Absolutely. Yeah, especially the Mad Hatter from this show. I can see him portraying that as a good good casting choice. All right. Thank you for everyone that's writing in. And if you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whatever you're listening to us on right now, as it helps us back grapple up the charts and attract both new listeners and guests. And if you leave a review, we might read it out on the pod at the end of each episode. And please subscribe or follow us on your preferred podcast platform of choice if you haven't yet already. Also, you can follow us in social media at Batman TAS Pod on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere but the app formerly known as Twitter, which is at Batman TAS Pod One. And that's because why? Because we are the number one Batman the Animated Series podcast. Yeah, right.
And in the description of this episode, you'll find a tip jar where you can give us any amount of money you can afford to give, if you so wish. As we aren't billionaire playboy philanthropists, any amount you can afford to give us is not necessary, but always greatly appreciated. And finally, you can follow Will everywhere at... Oh no, I fucked that up. And finally, you can follow me everywhere at Chef Alex Robson, and you can follow Will on his socials to stay up to date on what he's working on and get a glimpse into the workday of a comic book artist and writer. Will, where can our listeners find you? Uh, they can find me at Robson, I-N-K, anywhere on the internet or on my website, speechcomics.com. And please, back my project on September 1st on Kickstarter, Outbreaks Issues 1 through 2. That's right. All right, buddy, it's our last category, our last chat of the day, which is what you put in, in your holes. What are you putting in your holes? Uh, I'm just re-watching a bunch of old stuff. I tried to watch that bear show, but I lost interests. I just, thought you would have got to like season two of the bear. Yeah, I'm done now. It's just You're done now. Like it. Okay. Um, it's just too much shouting. I, did, and I didn't. I know. I know. I, I. I didn't think you'd like it because of those factors. That's fine. It's not. Look, you know, like it's different. You can, you can have a show where people are awful and still enjoy it. I mean, that was the point of Succession, right? They're all sons of a billionaire. So you're supposed to hate those characters, but like when you have characters like that, but they're trying to like start a restaurant, and they're all just like really awful people it's like i don't care about any of these characters at all i hope you all fail because i'm surprised you got to season two feeling like that we just kind of had it on the back we have like nothing to watch right now we've been re-watching a lot of stuff like we started re-watching kirby enthusiasm which has been hilarious started re-watching pingu which has also been hilarious ah pingu's classic yeah um, because my wife was just watching Pingu episodes on TikTok, and I was like, "We have it. Let's just watch Pingu together." <laughs> you know, TikTok like uh, people just upload like movies and parts. Like she's like, "I'm watching this yeah. movie on TikTok right now." I'm like, "What do you mean you're watching this movie on TikTok?" <laughs> yeah. I've seen like, that. This- she's like, "I'm on part yeah. 27 of like this this movie with George Clooney." I'm like, "What?" I hate TikTok because it has changed the world to wanting to see everything in. Uh, vertical mode instead of landscape mode. So yeah, it's like putting a middle finger up at cinema immediately by doing that. It's yeah. everyone is now filming everything vertically, which I hate. And it, like, it's changing like the way people will consume content. They want like super quick stuff or stuff that's like hours long. I I'm feeling like an old man recently. I'm like, what do people like want anymore? I don't know. I know. I just want a 90 minute movie. You know what I mean? Like I just want an mm. in and out good three acts, 90 minutes. Give me something enjoyable. Like I don't need two hours and 45 minutes. And I also two. can't, don't get it. I don't get enough. Like our podcast clips do well on TikTok, and I like TikTok for that, but you're not going to watch all those podcast clips to get like a whole episode of the podcast. It's just, you know, kind of the, it's like a highlight reel. It's obviously mm. like a sizzle reel to make, make you want to listen to our show, which it's, it's done that a lot on TikTok. So I appreciate that angle. But yeah, when I'm like watching content and they're trying to, I don't know, we're going to make a grilled chicken sandwich in 30 seconds. You're like, what? And it's just like, yum. And I'm like, that like you how did you do that how did you prepare that like what how did you make that my wife went to the bakery yesterday morning to get us some fresh bread to have bacon and egg sandwiches which were delicious by the way and these french girls in front of her were fucking taking up the whole bakery section because they were filming a tiktok video and like just like moving the camera like across the bakery 
And she had to like force her way in there in the shot and like take the bread. Like, I ain't missing out on this. My husband's hungry. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but le TikTok. Ah, no, but for a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so besides um, not enjoying TikTok ping, and enjoying Pingu and old stuff, is there anything else on your list? So Drive, and it was much better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a movie about a stuntman, and it was actually just a classic crime story with Ron Perlman, Brian Cranston, Christina Hendricks, and Ryan uh, Goggledygook, and it was very good. And Nemo's dad, as you called him. <laughs> yes, and, ne- and Nemo's dad from Finding Nemo, who slit Brian Cranston's arm with a razor blade. So oh, my God. That, that scene. Now. That scene is brutal. Yes. Yeah, great practical, great practical effects in that movie. Mm. Stuff that made me shoot off the sofa going, oh, like fucking smashing someone's hand with a hammer and stuff where you're just like, oh, it's visceral. I love it. Yeah. No, it's Christina Hendricks, who's an, you know, an on-screen crush of mine. I saw her brains get blown out. I saw literally the top of her head flap up to expose her brains. So that was shocking. <laughs> Christina, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's a good film. Um, I what am I putting in my holes? I rewatched, which I haven't seen in a while. I watched Interstellar. I've only seen that movie Stella. once. Oh no! I only know. Um, Interstellar. Yeah, Never I. It. I loved it. I really did. I've seen it once and I... You fell asleep the first time you went to see it. Well, I've seen it once all the way through. The first time I tried to watch it was very late and I did fall asleep. Because it does take a little while to get going into space, but they're obviously building up story that does pay off later. But I really loved all of the questions and like I love things that like mess with time. Like They go to this planet and they're like, okay, every hour on this planet is seven years in our time, right? So every minute counts. We've got to go here and we've got to see if we can actually, like, we've got to collect a sample to see if we live here. And also, one of their crew had, like, gone to this planet years before, yeah, to see, and they never reported back. So they land and they find that actually this planet is is very dangerous and they find this pod from the previous people and the person that went to that planet before is dead. And then they get stuck in this, like, tidal wave, which gives the, which sticks them there for, like, couple hours so when they finally come out of orbit they go back into the space station and the guy that's been waiting for them has been waiting for 23 years which is mm-hmm. fucking insane and he did go into hypersleep a few times so like you know he wasn't sitting there but that blew my mind along with the fact that the person they found dead they're like well how did we find her ship and why is she why is she dead like she's been gone for years and they're like yeah She's been gone for years in our time, but on this planet, she probably died minutes ago. And I was like, that, that fucking blew my mind. Cause I was like, just the way mind blowing. I did just the way that that was done. And there's so many other like layers to that movie as it goes on. And I really I've just, I don't know. i for you for 23 years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but like, they've only been gone for like three hours. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Well, like, go looking for them so you don't waste your time. <laughs> well, you can't because they, that's, that's why he had to stay in the space station and they took the ship down. There was no other exploration that he, that they could do. You're not um, selling it for me, to be honest. It sounds kind of boring. I really enjoyed it. I like thinking about all of that. And I don't know, it just kind of gives me a bit more. It's not like that's the first movie to, or any story to ever explore 
the time jumps in space exploration. No, I'm not saying it is, but I just, I really liked how Christopher Nolan uh, told the story. There's a lot of heart to the story as well. I think it's really well acted. Uh, yeah, so I was just really entertained by it. I'm not, I'm not pitching it to you to go and watch. I'm just telling you about my experience and how much I enjoyed it. So yeah, that was that was good stuff. And then another space adventure that I didn't really enjoy is Ahsoka. I hardly know her. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that one. That's good. Well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I turned it off in ten minutes, and I, I've just decided. I hardly uh, know her is actually should be the subtitle to the entire show because <laughs> unless you've seen every episode of Rebels, you're like, who, what, what's going on? I've already seen Star Wars fandom burst out in madness and stuff, which I always think is a bit over the top. But you know what? I think that we all got to let Star Wars go, okay? Mm. They were great first three movies and everything else since has been very mediocre in comparison. So I think that you should treat everything else like fan fiction because that's what it is. At the end of the day, it ain't George Lucas making this stuff anymore. It's, it's yeah. other people. So take, take that how you will. I, I'm happy to, to let it go now. And I've done that with many franchises that I've just decided, what's the point of wasting my energy to be like, this is bad and I don't like it because that's still press and you're still, watching this stuff so they're still getting the numbers for it i think the best way for you to say i don't like this content and i don't want to have this content anymore it's just not to consume it i give everything the old 15 minute try if in 15 minutes i'm not in then i'm out including sex <laughs> well luckily it doesn't take that long <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't need all Star Wars to be good. And yeah, I'll, I'll test out new Star Wars content when it comes out, just like I do with Marvel. But now I'm not like, well, I, I should see this through because I'm such a fan. I'm, I'm, I used to be way more precious. Now I just let it go. It's like, okay, didn't enjoy that. So why am I going to watch it? It's the, it kind of started with that with me, all the Marvel TV shows that came out when it was like lockdown, it was just like, after a while, you're just kind of like, this isn't very good. And I started to let go of Marvel. And then Boba Fett, I let go of Star Wars because that wasn't very good. And now I'll, I'll check it out. And if I don't like it, I'm just like, okay, I don't have to watch it. And if you enjoy it, that's I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're getting more content that you enjoy. But yeah, I'm not so much on the, I'm, I'm happy we're getting Star Wars and Marvel content regularly. I'm not so much on that train anymore because no, it's, I'm not enjoying it. So I don't really want to watch it. And like everyone loved Andor and I just didn't get it. I don't get that. Sh I don't think it's a good show. I don't think it's no, Star Wars at all. And you're going to try different things. Sure. And like try different genres like Marvel even did that. But if it well, doesn't work I, for me, I don't like it. Let me try and think about, I think after Endgame, that was kind of the end of the Marvel universe. Right. And like, sure. The, that final Spider-Man film was a lot of fun because it was just tickling everyone's nostalgia, hmm. but any other Marvel content that's come out since then, I, I really just don't care about anymore. I feel like, I feel like they ended the story so well that I'm like, I don't need the story to continue. It's done. 
Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, they did such a good, good way of like building up Thanos and all of that. Yeah. And now, now you're just like, that was a perfect ending. Like you, you see what happens to Tony Stark and his character comes full circle. Same with Steve Rogers. All of them have their arcs that are completed for the most part. And now I feel like they're just kind of dragging these other characters and trying to create arcs that just don't really work for them. Like they're not the center and of the universe. Star Wars is a funny thing because I mean, I hate the the sequel movies from the get-go. Everyone loves that freaking new Star Wars movie when it came out, and I couldn't stand it. So mm. I was not looking forward to new Star Wars content at all. Um, and then, I, I, you know, I liked, uh, what's it called? The movie with where they find oh, the Death Star plans. Rogue One. Yeah, Rogue One was very uh, surprising and, and nice, and I really liked that movie. I actually have never rewatched it. I've only seen it once and in the theaters. Wow. And I'm kind of want to keep it that way. Cause it's just like, I enjoyed that movie for what it was and thought it was great. And I want to leave it there. Oh, it's um, still very good. In my opinion, I've watched that a few times. It's a good movie. And then like, look, you can't fault Mando season one and two, the amazing stuff. Like that was yeah. to me personally, that was, Hey, this is everything I love about Star Wars in the show. So I'm loving this, but season three completely changed it. Um, and I think the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, I really didn't like at all. That was a big letdown. That show let me down so hard that I was like, oh, I'm done. I don't need new Star Wars content. Yeah. Because that was a letdown. I thought that show had so much potential for some really great storytelling. And it just felt like a student film at points. Like when he first fights Darth Vader, I'm like, what did you just film this at night? Like on someone's back garden? Like this is like... Where is the cinematography? Like, this is so weird. I know, especially when it's like, oh, fire between us. My, I know he doesn't oh, like fire, but that was I like. I don't even want to. Sorry, I just whacked my microphone. <laughs> That's how angry I don't, I don't even want to talk about this because it's so bad. Yeah. And it's just like, but then again, look, I know there's people out there that love it. And so many people think like, oh, my God, that that Obi-Wan Kenobi show when he takes like his mask is cut and he talks to him like. It's like an iconic moment in Star Wars. And that's when I said to myself, yeah, that's fine, because Star Wars is for everybody. Mm. This Star Wars is not for me. And at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, have you had enough Star Wars in your life? And the answer is yes. Like, yeah. I, I, like I've, I've had my fill. I can go back and watch the trilogy anytime I want, and I can go, ah, because that whole thing wraps up very nicely. And the same with Marvel. Like, I can just read my favorite Marvel books, or I can watch my favorite stuff. I'm very content with not having new content from franchises because generally it's always bad. Like there's not like, there's not one franchise out there where they keep releasing stuff. Everyone's like, ah, it's another absolute fucking banger, you know? Yeah. And that was like that for Marvel for a while. Do you remember? It's like every Marvel movie was a banger, but then, yeah, I mean, you just eventually you run out of, the good stories and and great character arcs and yeah you're just churning that wheel to make money it's you know that's the problem in hollywood with complacency and and it's a business at the end of the day it's 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 a strange any creative uh work nowadays is so strange because you have people with creative ideas and wanting to produce creative stuff but it's a business at the end of the day so you have to please the business side of it um yeah hollywood's fucked and creativity is always squandered by uh, the business side of stuff and that's just life yeah i agree 
and you know i'm not going through it personally but i like see some of the things you're going through and i understand and it's really difficult when you're when you're an uh an audience member or you're a creator there's a very different side to you know what you're creating or what you're seeing do you think matt hagan would have been in a star wars <laughs> do you think matt hagan as an actor would have been in a marvel movie as a as a marvel superhero well probably yeah i could see him doing that anyway <laughs> thanks for listening (laughs) that's all the time we got for this week join us next time where we'll continue talking all things batman the animated series until then i've been alex robson i've been will robson and remember that we are vengeance we are the night we are a podcast bye doodles Recording and three, two, one. Poopy buttholes. Poopy buttholes. And let me get you up in the video. Where's your ugly mug? Where is your ugly mug gone? Where's my ugly brother? There he is. Hello, ugly brother. (laughs) What? Why am I ugly? Because you're as ugly as Max, whatever his name is, before he gets the clay on his face. <laughs> oh, great. My quiz questions are going to be not fun for you then if you can't even remember Clayface's actor's name. <laughs> My wife woke me up too early this morning. I'm tired. I'm tired. I She had to get up and go to work and woke me up in the process. Oh, oh. oh. She, did she make you breakfast? She did. Oh, she's okay. the best. So, yeah, because she's the best. <laughs> she left me that pre-made bowl of cereal. All I have to do is add milk. But, oh, I have to add fucking milk. <laughs> that one morning where you didn't have it and you're like, what's going on? <laughs> I, know. I had to make toast and I put way too much peanut butter on my toast. I'm like, I need my wine. <laughs> so sad. Literally. I was just talking about this yesterday with my partner's parents. Where I was like, yeah, and his, his wife makes him breakfast every morning. They're like, what is what does she make him? And I was like, cereal without the milk in it. But she recently forgot the other day and he had to make toast and he fucked it up. <laughs> Look, I watched you make that toast and I was like, that's way too much peanut butter. For five years, five years, I haven't had to do any of it. So I'm out of practice. Many people forget, I was an independent man for many years, living by myself, feeding myself. I was at my healthiest, my skinniest, so I was doing okay. Are you blaming your wife? You're blaming no, your wife? for fuck's sake, no, I'm not. Cool. All right, let's do a podcast. Glad you had a lovely time. Yeah, let's do a podcast. All right, here we go. Three, two. Oh, fuck, hang on, my balls are sticking to my leg. Oh. <laughs> That's really Do you need awkward. Your balls for the podcast. Uh, well, I don't want them squishing my into my leg the whole time. Yeah, right. yeah, that would be terrible. They're morphing like clayface, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 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 All right, in three, two, one. <laughs>